0: PRO CANNABIS MEDIA
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome again to a very special edition of In the Weeds with Jimmy Young, our regular podcast interview show that we do on our Pro Cannabis Media Network. And a reminder again to like, share and subscribe, not just to my show, but to Weed Talk News and Green Rush Live and the whole family of productions that we produce here at Pro Cannabis Media to share with you, the viewer. That's what's so important. But subscribing is also very important. And I'm really excited to welcome in our guest, for today's show. His name is Ron Green. They call him the Chief. He's out of Pennsylvania, and he is a fashion icon and someone who's very, very proud of his Black heritage. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, Jimmy. I'm glad to be here.
1: Hey, how you are the CEO of Hella Black and Hella Loud Hemp Company, as well as Tribe Worldwide apparel. Explain to me how you got into the fashion business, and did you ever think it would have anything to do with cannabis?
0: Oh man! So um, first and foremost, thanks for having me here. I'm really glad to be here. Um, as far as my uh, business endeavors go, I I never thought that I was going to be in fashion when I was coming up. I, I went to school for for communications with a focus in broadcast journalism. I wanted to do what you're doing, man.
1: You can. Um, I will. Hey, wait, wait. I will be happy to train you to have your own show.
0: We'll talk. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Nice. Uh, yeah, because that, that's really what, um, what my passion was um, when I was in school. But, um, you know, I, I learned uh, after school that I really also had, um, had a passion for, for fashion and just the uh, different forms of expression that, uh, that can be communicated through just what somebody chooses to put on on a daily basis. Um, and that's really where um, my my the, my interest in um, in fashion and my my cultural uh, identity kind of came into play uh, back in twenty fifteen, and that's how uh, I, I started to develop a brand that was centered around you know cultural pride and the expression of the positive aspects of blackness.
1: And now, as someone who is painfully unhip, that would be moi. Okay. I admit that. I get that. I saw the images that you sent of yourself as the model for your own fashion wear, for your own clothing line. Um, Did you ever think you'd be a model, Ron? Come on. Really?
0: So that was the, that was the thing. When I, when I started uh, very quickly, I learned that I had to be able to um, represent my brand. I had to be the, I had, if I was going to sell it, I had to be willing to also, wear it and be a proponent of it so it's like you know i'm wearing it every day regardless you know i'm i'm, I'm wearing the same shirt sometimes uh two and three times a week i'm just but i'm, I'm making sure that people are seeing me you know being uh, uh uh like the image that i want to put out there and i want people to also reflect that so i, I had to just do it i had to bite the bullet man
1: well, I tell you what, you, you bit the right bullet, okay? Because you look great in your own clothing line. I can tell you that. I cannot imagine, however, myself wearing that stuff out because, you know, it it's it's awkward for me cuz I'm I'm a boring white guy. I'll admit it. You know what I mean, especially when it comes to fashion. I mean, look, it's like the Gap R us. It's kind of like what, you know, that's like my thing, right? Hey, uh, man, you that's... look
0: fresh, Jimmy. You look fresh, man. <laughs> I
1: like that sweater.
0: That's a nice All right, I appreciate nice it.
1: I appreciate that. Uh, how important is it to you to be proud of your upbringing and be proud of who you are, especially now in the cannabis space where a lot of people who are have been most impacted by the war on drugs uh, are getting into the cannabis space?
0: So it's very important um, for me um, to be able to bridge the gap between uh these two worlds you know where we have people who are kind of in this legacy market and then you have the emerging uh legalized market and um you know me personally i have been arrested three times uh for cannabis possession you know in in past years and it's just you know simple stuff it's not like i'm running around uh with a with enough for them to say i'm trying to distribute it or anything this is just personal use and i'm being uh detained for it so you know, uh, being on that side of it, and um, you know, now seeing how the the, the legalized market is is just uh, booming, this multi billion dollar industry, and uh, you know, it's 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 nice to be able to find some access points. So I seek to fully exploit that now that it's an opportunity um, that's availed itself to me. I,
1: I want I want you to know I've talked to many people of color who give me that same story about being arrested. Uh, a handful of times for possession crimes. And when I hear that, my skin really boils. I get really pissed off. I get really mad because I know what the stats are. I know that Black people have been arrested three and a half more times than white people for possession crimes. And white people and Black people actually use this substance the same amount. What does that mean? It means that you guys have been profiled and been taken advantage of. And I Don't, that really is, really pisses me off. It gets me really mad. I get chills when I hear about this because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, someone who studied history. I know what the history is of the black man in this country and it is not fair and it has never been fair. And now that it has been systematically in place for dozens, if not decades of years, I think it's time that everyone who has been most impacted by the failed war on drugs gets an opportunity to take advantage of the fact that this has been illegal and race has been involved with the prohibition of this substance for a 100 years years. It It is, it is time. So I support everything that you guys do in what you do. What is it like? What, how, how have people been responsive to your, your clothing brand and, and the passion that you have for cannabis? Are you being still victimized? Because we both know there's a lot of stigma out there, isn't there? Yeah,
0: there, there definitely is. And, um, you know, a lot of the stigma comes from you know, people who uh, who also look like myself. You know, there's a lot of people who still have negative views about the impact of cannabis on our community and things of that nature. So, uh, there's a lot of can um, a lot of I'm about to say conversations, but um, conversations that we um, that we still need to have amongst ourselves, um, where we can kind of you know be able to effectively move forward together. Because cannabis can definitely have a positive Im- impact, as we as we see, um, you know, just through medicinal use and the use in um, uh, therapeutic aspects, PTSD and things of that nature. So there's there's a there's when when we apply it properly, there's there's a use that can be uh, spoken to that uh, have a po- positive effect on the community. So we we just want to be able to foster that. Absolutely, and you
1: guys certainly deserve the right. Uh, to do that you 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 thought you made a Freudian slip there when you called it a conversation, right did, <laughs> yeah. did, did you know did you know that one of our best shows one of my most favorite shows that we carry is called the Conversation with I Dave remember. Briggs and Imani and Toomer I bet you remember Imani Toomer the yeah,
0: yeah. Amani, so, yeah I remember him I that's hated right him too, but yeah I remember him <laughs> so Dave
1: Briggs and Amani have interviewed Calvin Johnson and Paul Pierce and Gary Payton and Darren McCarty and Kyle Turley and all the biggest names in sports that are also invested in and also um vested in uh the cannabis industry and th- that show just so you know available on our youtube channel on demand also our roku channel and we live stream it all day long on saturdays now we call it the daily binge so thank you so much for allowing me to promote my own stuff oh, yeah. because you wear it i have to talk about it you know what i'm saying right
0: yeah, for sure, for sure that's awesome man that was a beautiful segue i love it So
1: I want to talk to you about the challenges as a business person. Okay. Uh Where did you get, did you get startup capital? Who helped you out? Did you have it saved up? How did that all work? How did you become this uh, successful entrepreneur in the fashion industry?
0: So um, first and foremost, I definitely want to give a lot of uh, credit and thanks to my parents. Um, Just because uh, when when I when I when my career didn't go exactly how I planned, um, and things uh, I I really I ended up having to move back home, and um, they gave me a soft landing space where I, I'm I'm aware that a lot of people don't don't have the ability to go back home sometimes, um, so they they really allowed me to come back and and recalibrate um, my efforts, and um, that's really where I discovered you know my passion for fashion and my ability to uh, to be able to market uh, myself and a brand in that way. Um, so yeah, the, like this startup really um, just comes from humble beginnings where I just really had to start from square one and I was working for other fashion brands, uh, people that I was in relationship with who had their own companies, so I could learn from the inside and I see what they done wrong, the things that they did right. And I was able to apply a lot of that information and knowledge that I gained to uh, to my own endeavors. So, um, you know, when I decided, when I was able to uh, get some money, some startup funds, once again, uh, my mother was a big investor in me. She okay. helped me get like my first uh, my first press, even like my first um, heat press so that I could start actually making garments um, from home and printing things. So, I mean, I, I owe a lot of my start to my family and uh, just the relationship that we built in the bond.
1: That That is awesome. I love hearing that. I actually know that of an example of that that's still going on on a personal basis, but we're going to leave that alone because I do want to make it about you. I will say, however, uh, that my parents are not around. They passed away a few years back. And I'm not quite sure I'd be a talk show host about cannabis if mom and dad were still around. I'll be perfectly honest with you, all right? They were very proud of me as a sportscaster. I'm not quite sure they would have understood this whole uh, cannabis thing at this point. But uh, in the meantime, uh, that's what parenting is all about, is embracing your, your children unconditionally and supporting them unconditionally with their dreams and their endeavors. And I love to think that that is still going on now. Uh, And I'm hoping that it's a lesson you've learned. So as you get more and more uh, experienced, as we like to say, I don't like to use that word older, okay, Uh, (laughs) experience. You'll be able you'll be able to pass that along uh, to your uh, children too. If you do, if you have children or are going to think about having a family at some point, uh, those are the lessons that I know your parents will be very proud of you uh, to keep uh, keep going. Am I right?
0: I, you're absolutely right. Absolutely.
1: And and I'm going to guess your parents are probably younger than me, uh, since I, I'm not afraid of mentioning the fact that I'm a senior citizen now at age 65. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, I can't take away my birth date. I share that with a lot of people because, you know what, I made it this far. That's the way it. I look at it. There's something to be said for living 65 years on this earth, don't you think?
0: I believe so. And actually, um, my parents are, are both in your age bracket. They're both in that very same age range.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. And I hope they enjoy Motown as much as I still do, too. Yeah. Because I still listen to the same music I listened yes. to in the 60s,
0: 70s, and 80s. <laughs> yes, yes. That's when, when my mother gets control of, of the of the of the music, that's what's playing. Anytime we, we come in and Alexa's on, she's got some Motown grooves playing. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's great. That is great.
1: Hey, um, where where are you in, in the world of, you, you, I see here, cryptocurrency is something you're into. Now, I got to be honest with you. I have enough problem with American money currency, let alone the crypto world, okay? Can you explain to me how you uh tell, you have an expertise in it or, or you're involved with it explain to me your involvement with with cryptocurrency and maybe even explain it to me in what i would call uh simple terms
0: okay so um my my experience with cryptocurrency goes back a few years to about i'd say um 2016 i believe uh when my family we we uh, we became investors in bitcoin and um a few of the other um, earlier coins that were introduced to the uh, cryptocurrency market. Now, before I go in, cryptocurrency um, was created as a way for um, for people, for the for the everyday people, to take control of the value of their currency. Where um, whereas the U.S. government and the uh, Federal Reserve, they all um, can dictate the value of the dollar and the distribution of dollars and how many dollars are produced. And oftentimes, uh, as we see now, we're in the middle of, uh, you know, a big inflationary period in the market. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of um, financial unrest that's going on. And uh, companies are tanking and crashing. But, um, you know, uh, oil prices are through the roof and everything like that. And that's all because of the instability um, that's been created by the U.S. government, um, you know, pumping, trillions of dollars into the market, they, I, they printed something, uh, they, they infused the market with like 40% more um, money or um, than they've ever done, I think, I think since like uh, 1982 or something like that. Like they've infused the marketplace with all this all this money, but now what that does is decrease the value of the money that we already have. Mm-hmm. So um, really what cryptocurrency is working to do and the people who start um, and, and establish these coins and things. What, they, what they're what they working to do is to help establish some type of stable um, place where people can store the value of their money, where you don't have to worry about inflation causing you to lose 3% of your value every year because that's what the dollar does. It does lose value every year. So with cryptocurrency, these coins actually have utility Dependent on the people who are using them and you can create currency for different purposes. So each industry could have their own coins and and currency that they exchange that has its own intrinsic value to them, but it wouldn't be affected by things that go on in other areas of, of business and commerce. So, um, you know, it's obviously, it's a whole lot more complicated than that, but really what it does is puts the power of, of the of the dollar or well the power of currency back into the hands of the people where you could create a Jimmy token, you can create a Jimmy token. And, <laughs> and all your subscribers, you know, you, they could purchase all your subscribers could purchase Jimmy tokens. And then if you had like special uh, events or something like that, they like they could spend Jimmy tokens. On these events, if you had live events or merchandise that you put out or anything, they could spend. They could be spending Jimmy tokens. So that's 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 the power that we have now.
1: That 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 is crazy. But I appreciate and support the effort. I know there's a lot of risk because there's also a lot of reward in this. And with inflation and, the, and the, the value of the dollar, as you know, going up and down and the economy going up and down, are we seeing the same kind of up and down effect in the crypto world too?
0: Absolutely, we are, we definitely are. Um, we are currently, just like in the stock market, there's a, we're in a bear market. The same thing is uh, affecting, um, the same thing is uh, in effect in the crypto market as well. Um, there's a lot of uh, you know people who have lost confidence in the in in cryptocurrency, uh, but it's all tied to the value of the dollar and people pulling out and losing confidence in the dollar. I mean, you've got all this stuff going on with Russia and uh, you know the the threats of uh, you know oil nuclear being, war. Being,
1: you could say it. It's really scary. I'm telling yeah. you, it's scary.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, it's it's a major it's a major issue right now. So there's just so many so many variables that are at play that we really have no control over we're just a, a lot of us are subject to the conditions and we just um but cryptocurrency um like seeks to serve as a, a safe space and a storehouse of value um so it's like that in in all in all aspects of of trade and the stock market and things um traditionally you're going to have times where where it's down everything right. that, that you know is up and down up and down but you know, one thing we know is that um, the, the trend for the market has always been an upward trend. So we're down now, but we'll be back up soon. So that's that's where my, my confidence lies with the crypto market as well. All right, well, that's good. Uh, look,
1: um, I have an older brother who's very successful and he knows a lot of friends who are invested in this crypto world. and. I just look at it from the outside in because, uh, like I said, uh, I'm not even comfortable having a few cash bucks in my pocket anymore because everything's, a, you know, a tap and a and a slide yeah. and an insert yeah. and and you know and and debt financing is the way of America and I'm like, does that make a lot of sense? I can't quite understand that, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, it's what a-
1: what myths? What myths? Uh, and stereotypes. I know we're all in it together in that we are trying to educate the public that is still living in the past of prohibition. Do you see yourself as someone who has to go out and advocate for the culture and, and for the acceptance of, <coughs> excuse me, of this plant?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. As somebody who has um, mm-hmm. been um, enjoying the use of cannabis uh, well over 20 years now, I, I got my start when I um Experiment with with friends in college, you know. But um, I fell in love with it ever since then, and um, I've used it for you know recreational use. I've used it for um, you know, therapeutic and medicinal uses as well. So you know, um, I'm I'm just a huge proponent of the legalization of it and the push for the normalization of it and and um and the usage of it in public places, the consumption of it, you know, and just um, you know taking away all of the uh, the, the negative ideas that kind of attribute themselves to reefer madness. You know, it, it, a lot of these things that people uh, still believe in today about the plant and everything. And then even all the harsh and harmful rumors that are going around now that people are spraying the plants with, with uh, things that turn people, that that make guys feminine. I'm like, I'm hearing all these things that are, they're that like, it's only in an effort to further delegitimize the use of the plant and make it harder for us to be able to get that legislation through. So, you know, any effort that I can make to kind of go against that type of uh, useless, mindless chatter, like that's what I'm gonna do. So I, I felt like, you know, my brand, Hello Black, Hello Loud exists, you know, in a space to be able to do uh, just that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, even, even like us having this conversation here is just another effort to really just, uh, help to normalize and I I thank you for allowing me this time here.
1: Are you kidding me? I love this kind of thing. This is what I live for. This is what I believe in. It's the education and of responsible use of a plant that God put on this earth to bring all of us together. This is that's the whole point. This, that's why it has a medicinal quality. And, you know, I bet you've said the same thing or met people that, that say the same thing. Cannabis has changed my life. Cannabis has saved my life. I can't tell you how many interviews that I've had with people that, that do that all the time. It's why we want to give a forum to those that have been most impacted by the failed war on drugs and those that are learning how to use it responsibly. Because guess what? As you know, Something that affects me one way may not affect you that way. That's that's the whole thing about the endocannabinoid system that's in all of us that balances our our emotions and our feelings and 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 how uh, what kind of effect that can have on it. So uh, you're 100 percent right. Communication and talking about this is what we we those of us in the business like yourself have to continue to do. Am I right? Uh,
0: Absolutely. I I 100 percent agree. Um, Really. What, what what that's what makes me um I, I got the chills right now just thinking about how how much it, misinformation is out here but you know it just shows us how much work there is left to be done um but the thing is I'm excited because that gives us purpose right that gives us something to do it gives us something to talk about and you know I, I just the, all the great people that I've met along the way, like even like yourself, this is this is incredible. Um, so I'm just uh, very grateful uh, to be in communication and be in the company of people who are like minded and positive and moving and pushing the culture forward.
1: That's right. And as old as your parents, too, you can say that, too. Hey, I'd be remiss. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about your nickname. OK, because, you know, it has a personal thing for me. You're called the chief. How did that happen?
0: So that started, um, as a child, like a very young child, my grandfather on my mother's side, um, he, uh, he actually, he, he called me chief. He called me chief from a very young age and everybody in my family, um, you know, on that side was calling me chief as well. And, uh, you know, a few years ago, when I uh created the name for my clothing brand, Tribe Worldwide Apparel Company, I'm like, every tribe has a chief. And it's, you know, it was only right that I, you know, kind of retain that moniker and, and kind of bring it back uh, current. So, you know, it was uh that that was that that's where I, I kind of um that's where Chief came from. That's where it came from. And I and I'm I love it. yeah, I embody it and I and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my grandpa, you know lessons he taught me and, the, but having that nickname, it, you ever heard like what's in a name? Like when you have this, a name like that, you kind of have to embody certain traits. You know what I mean? So I, I like to, I like to ascribe that to myself because then it, it reminds me, I didn't carry myself a certain way and to treat others a certain way, be diplomatic and to be understanding and reasonable and, you know, all these things like that, but also be able to delegate responsibility and all of that as well.
1: I love that. leadership and and integrity and all those qualities. And it was my late dad who was nicknamed the Chief, too. And I, I explained to you that he was the the uh, when I was a little, a little child playing baseball. I think I was age seven at the time. It was just after T-ball. And my dad was the manager of the Hurons in my town. And needless to say, as the manager, he became the chief of the Hurons. And and that nickname stuck with him through his professional life and, and, and adulthood. And of course, the kids, myself and my brother always, you know, used it as a respectful uh, yeah. phrase and and uh, you know like like a phd you know what i'm saying uh, i don't need phd yeah. or mba yeah. i need yeah. the chief was enough of yeah. respect you know what i'm saying
0: yep yep i love it i
1: love it <laughs> hey, hey ron how do people get to your clothing line let them go online and, and find out about hella black and hella proud workout gear and all the stuff you have where can they find it
0: oh man well you can check all of my offerings out at tribe styles.com tribestyles.com. That's our website. Then if you want to follow us on social media and see what we've got going on, um, you can check us out on Instagram at dope tribe worldwide. And dope then um tribe. Okay. Yeah, D O P E T R I B E worldwide. Yeah. And then you, know, you can, can find-
1: help, help me, help me out with this, will you please? Some people, when I go to these trade shows, right. And they, they want to pay me a compliment and they, and they say, Hey man, you're dope. And I didn't realize that was like a compliment now, right?
0: Yes, yes, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It's like <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, you are dope, Jimmy, you're dope, man <laughs> I, like this show is dope. I appreciate the opportunity, man. this is awesome.
1: All right. Well, for the chief, uh, Ron Green, and the CEO of the Hella Black and Hella Proud and all that neat stuff that he's put together, thank you so much for joining us on In the Weeds. And remember, right? It's a whole new world of weed out there. Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to In the Weeds. We'll see you next time. As a broker, we have access to many, many cannabis carriers. So I will go in with two or three uh, quotes for people. The quotes might be 20,000 for one, 22,000 for another, seventeen-five for another, pretty close among the three. What I tell people is it's not the pricing, it's what's included and not included, meaning exclusions. An exclusion in layman's terms is just something that's not included. It's not on the menu, so it's just not included. But if you don't know that, if no one shows you that on page 71 of a 150 page policy, you're not gonna know, no one knows. I never met one person that says they'd read an insurance policy. If you do, you know, I got some property in Florida for you. Hey! You wanna grow your own plants? Check out Style Lighting's Grow Kit. It is everything you need to become an expert home grower and bring the power of the sun indoors. Style Lighting uses TCP's high-powered commercial LEDs that deliver twice the output in the market. The Grow Kit has a grow bag, a timer, chains to hang the light, and of course the best in the business lighting system by TCP. Check out stylelighting.shop for more information. Cannabis Media programming is available live and on demand on our Facebook page at ProCanna Media, on Instagram at ProCannabis Media, on LinkedIn also at ProCannabis Media, on YouTube and YouTube Live on ProCannabis Media, Twitter at ProCanna Media, and on twitch.tv backslash procannabismedia. So like, share, and subscribe to all of our content, newsletters, and shows live or on demand